Well, hello there. This conversation that you are about to overhear, be part of, however you like to think of it, is a really energizing, joyful one. And it will make you want to get out your seed catalogues or order some, flick through the gardening books that have been languishing in the corner, but most of all, to get outside into your garden and maybe take these three tips that my next guest will share with you to make it a little less overwhelming. Enjoy. Hello, hello, and welcome to From Inside the Hive with me, Jane Galloway from Quiet the Hive. I am so excited to welcome today's guest. We met on a course that we both did with the wonderful Sarah Dalrymple, who, if you go back to the last series, you'll hear a podcast with her packed full of amazing hints and tips. This guest really captivated me from the off, partly because what she does is so unique. Before we hit record, we were talking about how she introduces herself, um, and I think she will probably do it best. But let me start by saying she's a horticultural therapist and a mindful gardening coach. Um, she runs Adventures with Flowers, and she is Kendall Platt. Kendall, hello and welcome. Hi, thanks so much for having me. It's so lovely to have you here. I just was fascinated. So when we connected um, through Sarah's course, I just loved the idea of what you do. And also you do the most incredible, um, aesthetically pleasing, but also incredibly informative videos over on Instagram <laughs> as well. So people have got to go and follow you there. And I will make sure it's all in the show notes and we'll talk about how they can do that at the end. But tell us a little bit about who you are and what lights you up. Sure. So, uh, yeah, so I, I'm Kendall. I uh, live in uh, Reading, just outside of Reading in the countryside uh, in a little village with my husband and two daughters. Um, and for a very large part of my career, I was a forensic scientist, actually. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't know if we ever discussed that, but um, <laughs> I, I I loved it. It was great. It really uh, captivated me for a really long time. But after a while, I really felt that um, it took it really took its toll on my mental health, actually, you know, constantly. I was always on call, which is, you know, stressful in itself. I'm sure a lot of people can probably relate to that. But also I, you know, saw a lot of horrible things that people did to each other. And after a while, I was like, I don't know that I actually want to be around this all the time. So I actually left the industry and set up um, my mindful gardening business. And the reason I did that is because when I moved into this house, I had a garden. Yeah. And like so many of us, I was like, do you know what? I need to do the garden it's yet another thing on my to-do list I've got to clean the house I've got to do all of these things I've got to go to work and earn money and I've also got to do the garden like why yeah. have I done this to myself so when I first started in my garden it was very begrudging it was like oh didn't have a clue what I was doing but what I quite quickly realized was that the only time my mind was ever quiet because I was that classic let's overwork to not deal with our emotions and our feelings you know I'd been through some difficult things in my life and I just kind of buried them like many of us do mm. um and uh so I would just fill my day and be as busy as I could you know take on loads of responsibility take on far too much responsibility at work had zero boundaries um but when I was out in the garden 
that my mind really was quiet and that was the only time that it was quiet um, and it really allowed me to start to process a lot of the feelings around some of those things that I've been burying for years in some cases yeah um, and it really allowed me and this sounds so cheesy and, I, and I'm not really <laughs> a cheesy person but I'm going to say it because it's true but it really allowed me to find myself again I hadn't even had kids at this point okay but mm. I felt because I think many of us after we've had children do feel quite lost, like who the hell are we now? Yeah. But I hadn't even had kids and I felt lost. I I just was spending all day working. There was very little joy in my life. And yet, you know, I was just, I just moved into this wonderful house. I was about to marry the most wonderful man who I'm still married to now. Mm. And yet I really felt sad inside a lot of the time. Um, and my garden really kind of helped me to, to, I guess, to kind of unfurl and start to like bloom again. Again, yeah. massive cheesy analogy. No, but, it's, you know, it's gorgeous. I, you know, I, I felt like I was like a, a real husk. I, I, I was like withered and just like a shell of my former self. Um, and I, yeah, my garden just absolutely helped me to transform and then you know, it's it's been with me on a big old journey. So, you know, I lost a very dear friend to me. Um, uh, he was really young, actually, he was only 26 to cancer. And that was like my first, well, it was my second experience with grief. But, you know, since I'd been gardening, it was my first experience with grief. Yeah. You know, it then helped me through two redundancies, because the forensics industry that I was working in is very volatile. And, and the way that it works, you know, if, if a company loses the contract for the work, it makes everybody redundant yeah. and despite the fact that it wasn't anything to do with my skill or anything to do with me I really took on that mantle of I'm crap that's why I've been made redundant even yeah. though that really was not the case yeah um that that was just what I was telling myself you know um then I had a few issues at, at that at the company then I went to I had uh, I was quite badly bullied by a colleague mm. felt really desperate because uh, I felt like there was not really any escape from that. Um, but again, my garden was like my safe place to come to, you know, where I didn't have to talk to anyone if I didn't want to. I could just be alone with my own thoughts and I could start to, you know, build up my strength again to help myself basically tell that person to feck off and leave me alone and stand up to them, you know. Yeah. Um, because I think, you know, I was at a really vulnerable stage anyway, having been made redundant twice, I wasn't feeling great about myself. And I think that oh. person probably identified that and, and latched onto that. So eventually I was like, you know what, see you, see you later. You can sod right off. And then I had, then I had my first daughter and, um, you know, for me that, that really was a moment of epiphany, if you will, in that every day when my husband got home from work you know in those early stages then I, I like don't get me wrong I, I adore being a mother but I do find it challenging you know I'm not oh yes uh, you know that well I think it's you know you can be a great mum but there's aspects of it that you don't necessarily like um and you know I would literally he would walk in the door I would hand him the baby and I would go straight out into my garden and that was just like <laughs> my big like oh you know like oh my goodness I feel a little bit like me again and I can actually yeah. think without having a baby screaming at me and all of those kind of things so so that really helped me but it was actually her birth that you know when I didn't know what, that I was having a girl I hadn't found out actually I was convinced I was having a boy so then mm -hmm. when I had a girl I it was almost this immediate thing when you know I actually had her at home 
um, planned. Uh, but, but, you know, she, she came out and I just had this, like, I just felt like this, and I describe it as like my inner lioness, mm-hmm. like waking up and being like, A, you can't keep going like this, like giving of yourself to everyone and leaving nothing for you. But also you need to teach this little girl that she can't do that. You know, society will try and tell her that that's what she needs to do, that she needs to give to everyone because she's female. Right. That is her like destiny. But fuck that, basically. And I was like, I am not having that happening. I need to bring up this kid to to, you know, be able to have the strength and the confidence to be like, do you know what? No, I'm going to look after me. And and one of the things that I adore now is, you know, say we're at the park or running around or just doing something and, you know, she'll she'll have a little bit of a sit down or whatever from her friends. And and she said, I'm just having a bit of alone time, mummy. I'm just having a rest. And, and when she does that, I, I just am like, oh, yes, gosh. like I obviously I don't do that. But I feel so pleased because yeah. I would never have done that as a kid or even a young woman or even, you know, a 25 year old, 30 year old woman. I would have been yeah. like well, people are expecting me to like play with her, you know, beyond, I must do what everyone else wants me to do. So when she, when she really, you know, finds that inner strength to be like, no, I'm going to do this. I'm like, yes, this is excellent. This is exactly what I was hoping I would be able to model. And, you know, the way I have done that is by keeping that connection with my garden, insisting that even on the busiest days, I get five minutes out there. Mm. Even if that means, you know, my husband's literally just walked in the door and I'm like, see you later. I have had an intense day with the kids. I've got to just have five minutes for myself yeah. because I, you know, I, I, I feel like men do that very well, actually. Yes. You know, before we had kids, my husband would come home from work. He'd sit on the sofa. He'd watch some TV. He'd decompress. Whereas I'd be there like cleaning the house or doing, you know, something else. So I really it, don't get me wrong. It has been a battle against everything in my head mm-hmm. and all my social conditioning to to really claim that time for myself but that for me is is what I do and what I continue to do and I still battle against it now you know there are definitely times where I'm like oh I should be doing and then I'm like we're, we're brought up to do chores first then pleasure yeah. that's the yeah. thing and so earn, it's something... earn that rest exactly you know? and actually so I had regular listeners listeners will have heard me say this before but I had a conversation a while ago with Alistair Humphreys who's an adventurer an author a traveler he's brilliant Um, and we were talking about how men and women have the same 24 hours in the day but women will so so asking for an hour for yourself in a day is not a big deal right it's one out of 24 Mm -hmm. but men will take that first hour and then do the things Mm -hmm. women will do the things then take the last hour by which time they're too knackered and there's Mm. too much extra stuff on their to-do list to take that hour, which is, I think, the different approach that you're explaining there. And I love, I love when you, so I've got two boys. Okay. um, And I love when you hear parents describe their girls as feisty or independent or willful. And sometimes those are are seen as bad things, but they make my heart sing because I Mm. think don't, don't talk her out of that. Don't stop her from being willful and independent and strong and feisty because that those are exactly the skills that we have to reteach ourselves as we grow older as women because they are conditioned out of us. So the fact that your inner lioness has modeled to your daughters that yes, it's absolutely right. You can take some time out for yourself. It just, it really makes my heart sing. I think that's just beautiful. 
Yeah, you know, and hearing you say that there, that was me. That was that child. You know, I was constantly labelled bossy, opinionated, yeah. too much. Um, and actually, so I actually earlier this year got diagnosed with ADHD. So that has explained a lot to me. Yeah. Um, and you know what? It's actually really given me the permission to be like, do you know what? I am who I am. I cannot change who I am, ADHD or not, actually. Yeah. But having that validation of that diagnosis for me has made me think, do you know what? All those years ago where I was told I was too much, too sensitive, you know, too loud, too over the top, too involved in everything. That's just how my brain works. I can't yeah. do anything about that. And I'll be absolutely damned if I continue to keep apologizing for it because for a really long time I did and I really made myself small and I was fucking miserable. And I just quite liberating having that diagnosis. Then. Really, hugely for me. Yeah, massively so. Which is odd because I, I think you can be all of those things that I've described without having ADHD. Sure. Um, and so therefore that's even harder to claim that that's who you are right if you like for me it's been I don't want to say relatively easy because it has been hard but it's been easier because I've been able to be like oh my brain's just wired differently but then if we think about neurodiversity um you know that's a spectrum in itself so just because you're not diagnosed neurodiverse doesn't mean that you can't have certain differences in your brain and I and I guess that's that's the beauty and that's what I try and you know I I see in my girls all the time they're both so different in personalities but I really try and encourage all parts of them because I think it's it's so damaging to to try and get them to bury bits of themselves that society says is not right yes of course we can help them to to integrate into society by by uh you know I don't you know like softening those edges perhaps yeah. but I don't want them to I don't want them to ever feel ashamed of that that's how they are yeah um so yeah so that is a big one for me and you know my I obviously I use my garden a lot of that I, I get the kids out in the garden and I you know I really try it's hard because I love my garden it's my baby but <laughs> I do try and kind of let them go to town a little bit in the garden because I yeah. feel like I want them to feel free in the space as well I want them to feel like connected with it and and you know connected with mother nature and the earth because I think that's where I've got so much of my power from now is my time spent out there I, I really feel like and again this sounds quite hippie I've, I have spent the weekend at quite like a hippie festival which I absolutely loved by the way you must go next year it's amazing we talk about that later okay. um, but uh but uh yeah it's it's I I honestly feel like my time spent out here and growing things and eating things that I've grown and creating with the flowers that I grow has really kind of almost helped me to really embody that that power of mother nature because she is so powerful I mean look at like the weather we've had last week goodness me like we were all absolutely dripping and that's that is nature sadly it's because of climate change and that's a whole other issue we could get into but you know there's so much power to be found in your garden and I think so many of us because it feels like too much of an insurmountable task Mm -hmm. to create a garden that we want to spend time in Mm -hmm. uh we just discount that and you know we're natural beings like we eat food from the earth like that is that is a space that we should all feel at home if we have one rather than looking out the window and thinking oh my good god the garden's estate and there's just kids toys everywhere and everything's dying and you know so so my real mission in life is is to get women you know reconnecting with their gardens and and feeling good about them 
um, you know, wanting to spend time out there, um, whether that's gardening or, you know, just having friends around, because yeah. that's one of the things that I love now with my garden is now it is a bit more established. I can invite people over and, you know, they can enjoy it too. Um, not that I garden for anyone else. I garden, you know, really for myself because I find it so, um, so, uh, you know, soothing and, and yes. just a really good way of dealing with life. So, so yeah. I'm interested about that. So when you go out into the garden, you've described how, you know, I, what I would call you get into a state of flow when you're in your garden, everything else yeah. shuts down. You're just focusing on that. Does that allow you to process what is going on so are you thinking actively like I know you won't go out there and think right this is the problem I'm going to think about today but do you go out there and do you find that your mind slows down enough that you can unpick problems and challenges or is it more of a case of I just shut everything else out and I let myself be I think when I when I initially go out there I go out there thinking I'm just going to be I'm just going to focus on the thing that I'm doing and really try and be in that present because I think so much of my life and the way my brain works I'm very rarely in that present I really struggle to meditate even though I've tried so many times over the years so my time in the garden is like my meditation Um, and so I, I I never go out there with the intention of oh I'm having I definitely sometimes go out there saying I need some space. Yes. <laughs> but I never go out there thinking I'm going to think about that thing that's yeah. annoying me. Because uh, do you know what? Sometimes my brain's so busy, I don't think I have the self-awareness until I get into the garden and I can quiet everything else. Yeah, sure, sure. So I think I need to I need to go out with the intention of the quiet. And then when I'm out there, that is when things come up for me. So actually, I get so many of my really good creative ideas when I'm out in the garden because I've quiet, you know, Mm -hmm. I've managed to quiet everything else. And similarly, like, you know, I I do think about, you know, all sorts of things that perhaps, um, you know, not not always bad things, like sometimes really good things, like good memories. Like, you know, I lost my dad earlier this year and, you know, sometimes I'm out in the garden and, and I'm, you know, we spent a lot of time in the garden growing up when we were little. And, you know, I'll be doing something in the garden and, and I'll just have like a spark of a memory of him or That's so. And, 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 then, and then, you know, those kind of it, it isn't always like a bad thing, a bad processing. Sometimes it is. Do you know what? I'm really proud of myself. Like I did this workshop on Sunday and in the day it was so lovely and I had such a nice time. There was so much energy and I had like a two and a half hour drive home, which kind of took a little bit of the shiny edge off of it. But then, you know, I've been out in the garden this morning and and I'm like, do you know what? I'm really proud of myself. And it gives me that time and space to 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 really like acknowledge my achievements, because I think, again, as women, it's like and especially women with ADHD, it's on to the next thing now. Oh, yeah, well done. You did that one thing. What are you going to do next? You yeah. know, like life in general, I think for children, especially it's like I had um this this situation last year with my daughter. She was at school and. I was having a conversation with the teacher about something. I said, oh, I tried Arwen on some. So she was a reception last year. She's year mm. one this year. So this is last year. And she said, oh, I tried her on some year one maths. And I was like a little bit frustrated. And I was like, because I was, I went to a school where they did that kind of thing. Like they really pushed you to like yeah. improve chemically. And it put a lot of pressure on me. Um, and I was just like, she's, she was only four. Like she's young in her year. Yeah. And she just like, if she gets, if she finishes the, the, the reception maths work early, can she just like go and have a run around in the playground as a treat? Like, why does she have to be on to the next thing? And I, I, you know, I feel like in life, there's so much expectation of like, and I think, 
you know this is changing slightly but you know you you go to school you get your GCSEs you get your A-levels then you go to university it's always the next thing and the next thing it's always the next thing thing. like there's never any time to really be like yes you know this this is such an amazing achievement and you know what there have been times in my life where an amazing achievement has been getting out of bed you know because I've been in such a bad place it's so funny that I was having a conversation like this with girlfriends um, a couple of weeks ago saying, when, when is enough enough? When do you just say, okay, do you know, I'm, I'm happy with where I am. I don't need to go to the next thing. I don't need to stretch myself further. I don't need to take on the next thing that makes me feel like I'm being bigger and better. And, and you're right. You know, some, sometimes just getting up, putting one foot in front of the other, and managing to feed the kids or get out of the house or you know sometimes that is the biggest effort and that is the thing to be proud of it's it's really incredible how much pressure there is okay you've done that what's next what's next what's next it's really interesting I think so much of that is an internal thing though isn't it it's like you have to be really comfortable in yourself and I think very few of us are probably combination of upbringing and and society around us but you know you have to like I talk about success a lot and and I say like what is success to you like Mm. I don't earn tons of money I don't want to earn tons of money like I went you know god you don't go into forensics if you want to earn tons of money I went into forensics because I was interested in science I thought it would be be interesting and it was interesting and I wanted to help people ultimately because you know you're helping people to uh, discover what's happened in the crime so you you know they maybe can get a conviction or not because it could be that that the evidence doesn't show that the person did it you know um so that that's kind of why I went into that and then similarly what I do now I'm, I'm in it to help people like I'm not in it to make tons of money like yes okay we've all got to pay the bills and stuff but you know I have to be realistic I I I'm I get six hours uh, sorry 12 hours a week to work on my business because I I do some consultancy I do I do another job mm-hmm. um and I do the school run every day you know so what's that like six hours nine till three isn't it like it's not a lot of time so but I just kind of think like for me success is being able to go and pick my daughter up at the end of the day when she's exhausted she's held her big feelings in all day and she needs somebody com- you know comfortable that she's safe with at the school gate to come and like give a hug and have a meltdown yeah. with or whatever's going to happen so but you know back in the day if you'd asked me that that would not have been success like I was never sure if I actually wanted to have children when I was younger I was yeah. all about the career because I think I'd really like outsourced my power there to society and gone, you know, I listened a lot to like teachers at school and those sorts of people. And, you know, it was always that push for more, you know, like, oh, you need to go and achieve and achieve. I'll be honest, I did manage to retain a little bit of my wackiness in that I went down the forensic science route when they all wanted me to go and be a GP. And I was like, there's absolutely no way I could be a GP. That's I know that's not for me. Yeah. Um, interestingly though obviously now I am kind of doing something therapeutic but in my own kind of quirky way um but yeah so I think I think so much of that is internal work and I think you know I would imagine you've done a lot of internal work because I think when you're in this industry like that that does come you know with with package um but it's taken me a long time to feel happy with having my own version of success and 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 quieting what everybody else expects of me you know yeah Yeah, because I think you know especially as young women when you're in a school that 
don't get me wrong, was amazing for opportunities, but they wanted to push you into their own way of being for their own kind of stats. Like, you know, they all want you to get into the fancy universities to study medicine. They can tell you how good they are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and actually I, I really, I really reject that. I really feel like, uh, and maybe they're better now. I don't know, but I feel like children should be celebrated for all of their qualities, not just academia. So when I get my daughter's school report and it talks about what a kind and lovely girl she is and how likely, you know, how she's the first one to go and help somebody if they're injured or, you know, upset and and how she's really creative and she loves art and creating things. I'm like, yes, don't get me wrong. I'm happy she's like doing okay in maths and English. But I just, I love that they are talking about other things that she's good at because I don't really, I got pigeonholed very early in my um school career because I was good at science Mm -hmm. so it's like oh you're good at science you'll go down this route and I was like but I'm so many I'm so many more things than that and I feel like so many people and my clients come to me and they say I'm not creative and I'm like bollocks everyone is creative in some way not necessarily in the garden not necessarily with flowers you might be you know amazing at drawing good at drawing um you know you might be an amazing dancer there's so many different yeah, like different ways to be creative aren't yeah there? exactly you, um, so, I bet Kendall I bet you're a fan of big magic by Elizabeth Gilbert have you read that book? I have yeah I oh have read gosh, it yeah I love that I try yeah. and read it once a year to remind oh, okay. myself that it's okay to just go with the flow when it comes to creativity and we all are creative in some way because we've all got imagination and if you've got imagination you're a creative aren't you there's mm. different things I think it's amazing so you were talking about um the workshops and things you do and I, I know that you run a whole array of workshops for people all about focusing on gardening and, and mindfulness through gardening and how people can access that and tap into it why why is it and I you earlier on you said you know you might be looking out at your garden and everything's dying and the kids toys are everywhere and you just think oh my god and there is that sort of sense of overwhelm and not knowing where to start and I think there's a pressure of well I I don't know how to garden therefore I don't know where to start and I'm not a gardener therefore I, I just I just won't and I have to say I planted I decided I was going to I would I really want to cut my own flowers have my own flowers in the house that's what I wanted to do and so this year I planted nigella and cosmos and candy tuff and sweet peas and they took bloody ages to do anything but I have had so many little posies of cosmos and my sweet peas are just dotted around the house and it is so satisfying but I only got to that point because I thought okay I don't have to do all the things I can just start small and I did a little bit of research and watched a few videos and thought okay well I'll just try it and see what happens but why I mean you've spoken about how it's been for you why do you feel it's so important for women to get into the garden? Because I think it it encourages us to step outside of our comfort zones, which mm-hmm. I think you need to do if you are going to be bold and stand up to the ways that society is trying to make you be. Yes. And what a great place to try and do that in your own back garden, you know, a safe place. I think um, it will teach you to try and to fail because I bet of all those seeds you sowed, they didn't all come up. Nope, nope, you know? not at all. And like you said, you were frustrated that you had to wait. Yeah. What a great, what a great lesson in life, especially for youngsters. You know, it, the people, all of us, are like pissed off if we have to make more than a day for delivery. Oh, thanks don't. to Amazon. It's isn't it? Yeah. But, but you know, like if you order something on your own, you're like, oh, well, it's going to be five days. That's really annoying. 
yeah. need it now because you know we're all so busy we always order things at the last minute and then we're like oh crap it's not going to be here in time yeah. but you know your garden teaches you to wait it yeah. teaches you that you have to let go a little bit of control and you it know, rewards think- you for it as well doesn't it that's that's the thing it rewards it you for letting go of control and for your patience yeah I think you know so many of us when we've got so much going on in our lives the only way we can make that happen is by really gripping on to the control and it makes us quite you know it adds to the fraughtness I think that and you know don't get me wrong I was that person and and to an extent in certain things I still am but <laughs> I definitely feel that my garden has helped me to mellow and helped me to realize that actually if I loosen loosen a bit of the reins and lo- and let other people help me yeah other nature you know not my husband so much in the garden but in the house and all of yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. Of life stuff actually really good things happen not the complete meltdown panic that I think is going to happen um you know for example a great one like I can I'm just looking across my garden here and I can see there's a there's a buddleia plant mm-hmm. that has the seeds have flown into my garden. I've never planted it. They've flown into my garden. They've gone into the ground. And now it's producing a beautiful bush that a lot of people would consider a weed. But I'm really excited because the butterflies love them. And I'm all yeah. about trying to encourage as much wildlife as possible. I did nothing. I, I didn't I did nothing to make that happen. And yet because I've not immediately dug it up and thought it was a weed straight away, it's actually flourished into something really beautiful. Am yeah. I going to have to keep a check on it? Yes, because buddleias can get huge if you don't cut them back every year. But when you loosen that control and you and you invite, uh, you know, other people in and, and invite that support in from other areas, actually, it can be so beneficial to you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, God, there's so many different things. The place, I think as well, like for me now, I've, because I've been doing this, you know, mindful gardening for such a long time that, when I come out into my garden I can feel my entire body relax you mm-hmm. know so if I've, if I've had a stressful day you say I've been out of the house because I mainly work from home but if I've been out of the house I've had a stressful day I come back I walk into my garden and I can just feel the stress like melt away from me because my body is now conditioned to know that you're in the garden you're safe this is you know I'm going to hold you and, and I kind of liken it to like a warm hug you know like a really you know those really good hugs you know some yeah. people some people are great my littlest is amazing at hugs. oh yeah mine hugs, actually is good yeah. yeah she's good she's good at hugs but um I yeah I just think there's so many uh benefits that you know and, and what yeah I was just going to go back actually to what you were saying before like I think so many of us are scared to allow ourselves to to be a beginner at something yeah, yes 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 because you have to be expert straight away don't you and if yeah. you if you can't do it you just stop my and my I have this conversation with my eldest he is so naturally gifted at so many things like he's one of those really beautifully annoying children that whatever he puts his mind to <laughs> he just does it he's fabulous and then he discovers every so often there's something that he doesn't get right on the first go. And it frustrates the hell out of him to the point that he will screw up the piece of paper or walk yeah. away from whatever it is he's doing. And he doesn't want to do it again. He's just mm-hmm. over it because he expects to be instantly good at things. Whereas my youngest, who is um, much more he's much better at realizing that he needs to put the time in to get good at it because he's not the same as my eldest he's not naturally gifted at lots of different things Mm. he's 
he's great at lots of different things but he works at them and it's really interesting that that sort of different response isn't it we don't allow ourselves to be a beginner we it maybe it's to do with that instant thing you were saying about you know deliveries have to happen straight away mm. we're an instant society we want things to happen straight away we want to be great at things straight away so that permission think- to be a beginner is really interesting yeah, and I, I I use that phrase to my clients all the time. Just allow yourself to be a beginner. Allow yourself to fuck up, like make mistakes, you know. Yeah. And even if you do things everything perfectly, something can still go wrong that's out of your control. Um, I think as well talking about that, you know, not allowing yourself to be a beginner. I think as women, there are situations in which it's not safe for you to be a beginner and make yeah. mistakes. Yeah. You know, in a lot of workplaces, certainly in my old industry, you know, if you made a mistake in forensics, you were like, you were like, you know, it was a that big was deal. Important. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you yeah. know, it's an important job. And and I get that completely. But there, there are other instances where, you know, maybe the, it's not quite so critical, but because, you know, you're working in an industry that wants everything to be or a society that wants everything to be perfect first time, perfect you know, parenting. it isn't. Yeah, it's not it is not safe for you to put yourself out there, try something and and balls it up, basically. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I talk to my kids a lot about this because my daughter is very my eldest is very similar to your eldest in that she's naturally very good at a lot of things. And if yeah. she isn't going to win or isn't going to be great first time, she just won't. She just doesn't want to do it. Yeah. But of course, you know, you've got your school sports days and she's like, I don't want to race mummy because uh, I'm not going to win. And I'm like, OK, fine. Um, anyway obviously she has to do it there's no there's no choice but then of course it comes to the parents race so I'm thinking I really don't it's quite hot (laughs) quite hot day I had a dress on no like proper shoes just had bare feet so I really don't want to get up there in front of like probably like 500 parents and 300 kids and run I haven't really got the right bra on you know all these things going through my head and then I thought to myself do you know what no because you can't stand there and say to her she's to give a go at things that she that she might not be very good at or that she you know doesn't doesn't immediately like win you can't say that to her if you're not going to put yourself in the same position so I really try to do that a lot more now I really try and you know and, and I think my gardening definitely has helped me kind of give a bit of a a confidence there but you know my garden is like private to me you know to do it on such a public stage was really terrifying and then of course the teacher's like Arwen Arwen look it's your mum and I'm like oh oh, god (laughs) stop Um, looking stop looking (laughs) yeah exactly but you know I did it and you know what I loved it like when as I was running like my body felt really good like I used to do a lot of sport at school so um you know so I'm really trying to push myself to try new things so at this uh this event I was at on the weekend like I've been mm. desperate to try cold water swimming for ages but I'm I'm not so good in in cold I'm yeah. much more warm person so I was a bit nervous but yeah I did it and I loved it so Amazing. you know I think sometimes when you do allow yourself to be that beginner and try that new thing and say to yourself or to other people I'm scared about this because this is well out of my comfort zone but I really I really know it's going to make me feel good and you might end up discovering something you love even and and then you realize you don't have to be brilliant at it because the joy you get is the joy you get from doing it not from being perfect at it not from being the best at it not from winning competitions on it but just the joy that you get for the sake of doing it that's that's yeah. what you discover by giving it a go absolutely i mean god this garden i, I is finally kind of getting to where i want it to be and and it's been 10 years you know and i have made a lot of mistakes along that journey and killed a lot of things and 
and you know things like I've planted something and thinking that's going to look really great there and then it doesn't for whatever reason so you know that I don't think I, I always and I was saying this a lot in my talk on Sunday is like you know a garden is never one and done it's yeah. even if you get someone in to do it for you and they design it and they put all the plants in, you're still going to need to kind of do some upkeep and stuff to keep it looking nice. Um, and very often you don't get that when you when you get a garden designer in, it's kind of like, oh, we'll come and do it. And then they don't teach you anything about the plants. A, I would say, I don't think that's a great idea because I feel like in order to really connect with the garden, you, you, you need, need to, to do it. it yeah. Because you've got to put a bit of yourself into the garden. But also, if they teach you nothing about the plants, you don't know how to look after them. You don't know what you're doing with them. And then you made that big investment and you lose it all, don't you? Yeah. So that's why I've designed my program, my my one to one program in the way that I have, because, you know, I, I really take people from having nothing in their garden to having a garden that they love. But they also know how to care for it and what to do with it so they can feel good while spending time out there. The garden continues to look amazing. And, you know, they grow their confidence in the, in the time that we work together. So when they go, you know, when, they, when we finish working together, they're confident then that maybe they could, you know, move on and, and change a border that, that we'd redesigned in a few years time if they feel like it. So they know they what's really, going on. They know what they're doing with and it. And they're connected, you know, they're connected oh. with their space. So they can be like, OK, this is not quite working for me for whatever reason. And, and I'm going to I'm going to change it and I'm going to feel empowered to do that. And like, I know what I'm doing because I've spent, you know, 12 months working with Kendall and she's given me all the skills and oh. the know how of how to actually do this. Um, so, Kendall- so, yeah. So I I imagine that there are people listening to this thinking, well, that's great, but, you know, maybe that's not for me. And I really do know nothing at all. I mean, I don't even know the names of some of the plants or. So if you were speaking to one of those people on your one to one course or through any of the workshops that you do, and you've got loads online that people can just go and get straight away instantly, what what hints or tips would you give them it, like if they if they are labeling themselves as an absolute no clue just moved into a house maybe like you did those 10 years ago inherited a garden don't know where to start what what would you recommend are their first few steps I mean the first one is obviously allow yourself to be a beginner and just get out there because yeah. you can consume all the bloody gardening YouTube videos you want but it's not actually gonna like make a difference no. <laughs> Only, um, only that was how it happened <laughs> yeah I mean I speak to people a lot a lot you know clients a lot and they're like oh well I've got all I've got this gardening book I'm like yeah but realistically do you have time to sit down and read a gardening book because like I don't and yeah. you know so that but it's hard because you're like oh but I don't have the knowledge so there's definitely like sometimes there's some research involved but but also I think um I always say to people like start small. So say you've got, let's just say you 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 live in a new build, you moved into a new build, or you know a garden in it, and you've got like a few borders around the edge, and you're thinking right, I need to transform this garden. People tend to go hammer and tongs, try and do the whole thing, get really overwhelmed, think fuck, this is hard, and stop. Right. <laughs> so I always say to people, just choose one small area. could could be just like a small border or um you know a collection of pots, whatever it is near a seating area, but just choose one area. And, and build your confidence up on on that, That's you know, great. get that looking really good. Um, something else that I think is really important is we want to make sure if we're going to enjoy spending time in our gardens that the plants in there really, really speak to us and, you know, spark joy to kind of use the Marie Kondo phrase. Yeah. And um, I 
speak to many people who come and they say, well, I've inherited this garden from the people before that were really good gardeners. Yeah. And I've really tried and I've, you know, tried to keep up with it, but I fucking hate it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so why are you persisting tending and spending your precious time tending to these plants that you literally hate? Like, hello. So I basically say do a garden audit. I say go go around each plant in your garden and be like, yes, staying, no going, yes, staying, oh, no wow. going. You know, and tag them if you need to. Let like, I don't know, get some colored mm. ribbons or and and you know, green for stay, red for go or whatever or take photographs. There's many different ways you can do it, but but and then get rid of the plants that you don't like. You know, people are always on I always say put them on Facebook Marketplace because you don't just want to compost them because that seems wasteful. Yeah. But you know, before you dig them up, take a photo when they're looking good. Put it on Facebook Marketplace, say, you know, who does anyone want this plant? I'm digging out this weekend or whatever. Dig it up. Hopefully someone will come get it. Just give it away for free if you don't, you know, if you yeah. don't want it. Um, and then and then you've got space then to put in plants that you do want. So many of my clients come to me and they say, my garden's really green. There's not enough color. I want some color. I want to attract the bees and the butterflies. I want it to be filled with wildlife and, you know, be really bright, brightly colored or maybe not even brightly colored. But, you know, I want to go for like a cool tones like blues and whites, but oh. it's all green. Um, and very often it is because there's been a bit of an over reliance on shrubs in the garden um so you know dig some of those out and then you've got the space then to actually put those colorful plants in that you that you want so um yeah so they would be my tips I think I love that so permission to be a beginner do a bit of garden audit to give you space for things yeah and and then just one area just focus on one area to start one area I love that it's so good oh my gosh Kendall I cannot believe how quickly the time is going it's just crazy (laughs) I think I'm gonna have to get you back for another episode round two exactly (laughs) but I um before we talk about how people can find you and follow you and contact you and and get onto your programs I do want to ask you the question I always ask all of my guests which is what advice would you give your 21 year old self uh I would say to her don't don't let them dull your light oh my you know? gosh because I'm really down my spine. I really feel that at 21 you know I used to um I used to perform a lot I used to do a lot like at school and stuff I used to be in like musical theater shows I used to sing like absolutely loved it and then I think if university wasn't too bad I, f- I feel like I was kind of myself still at uni but I feel like once I started to go into work and things like that I really I really yeah I really struggled and whether that's like the ADHD it's hard to know but I just feel like I just listened to too many people who said, you know, you're too much, you're too sensitive, you know, stop being emotional. Like you can't show your emotions. I think there's a lot of that, especially like with women, if you want to progress in companies, you need to like be non-emotional. Actually, I think that's bollocks. I think like to really be a successful female leader, you need to be, you need to be a female ally. You know, you need to, you need to really speak to people and say like women or men and say, you can be completely emotional with me here and I'm not going to judge you for that because actually it's so important for you to be your whole self here yeah you know um and none of the industries that I ever worked in they were very male dominated at the management level Mm -hmm. I had had one amazing boss actually female absolutely wonderful she was but then she moved away um or I think I moved on to a different company 
because of the redundancy stuff but but generally it was kind of like you know just get on with it do the job we don't really care about you you're one of a number uh your 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 special what I would consider my like special attributes are irritating and we don't like them so (laughs) you put them in a box stop you know stop stop like giving your opinions on stuff because we don't really care you can just Mm. sit up and shut down at least shut up and sit down and and yeah I just slowly over the years just felt my light like going out you know just slowly dying away which is just so heartbreaking when I when I look back over that time um but for me luckily I found something that helped me to get it back so yeah if I could go back I guess there's another bit that I'd also say like nothing is permanent as well like you can you can do something about your situation and you can always make another decision you can yeah like you know you you've got the power to just do just make a tiny tweak it doesn't have to be anything massive I mean obviously there are situations where you know people are in in you know violent relationships where it is very difficult um obviously there's always places out there that um you know that can support and help you to make a change if you that's what you decide you you want to do but you know, I think generally just a really small switch of the dial and and that can have, and that might be, you know, maybe you don't even have a garden, but that might just be five minutes a day sitting out in nature. It could be in a park. It could be anywhere, just sitting and noticing what's around you. I did an amazing forest bathing workshop at this event on the weekend. And much of that was just kind of sitting and noticing like the textures and engaging with your senses, like picking up leaves from the ground and smelling them and feeling the bark on the trees you know anyone any you know as long as you can physically get to these things and you know even parks now are generally pretty well accessible um you know I think I think that every day would improve your mood so much that then you might feel stronger to make a bigger change for example and and as it grows you know for me it was a very very slow process but and I and I still feel like I'm I'm getting there I feel like as the every day goes by yes there's like rocky road isn't there you know sometimes sometimes you crash back down to the bottom again but um but I think generally I'm you know slowly climbing and yeah I feel really excited for for what what my future holds you know which for for a while I wasn't so you're doing such amazing things and also incredible things with your 12 hours a week to spend um on adventures with flowers is just incredible (laughs) so Kendall talking about that um if people want to get hold of you work with you find out more and I would really recommend they follow you on Instagram because you put so much great content and thought-provoking ideas and simple things you can try and I would really recommend people follow you on Insta but where can they find you where do you hang out so uh Instagram's I guess my main kind of social media platform if you will so I'm Kendall Marie Platt on there mm-hmm. um I have very recently actually started a Substack. Uh, which I'm really enjoying. I've created a publication on there called The Seed. Um, and there are free articles and there are paid for articles. So if people want to support my content creation, they can join as a paid subscriber. It's very minimal cost, um, five pounds a month or 50 pounds for the entire year. Amazing. And that really then gets you if, you, if you do subscribe, you get access to monthly, uh, sorry, 
weekly mindful gardening activities into your inbox so i've done the hard That's work so cool so you don't even have to think about what you yeah. need to go and do you just go out there and do some mindfulness do in the garden Brilliant. yeah so you've literally got like it's broken down it's like if you've got five minutes do this or do this if you've got 20 minutes do this or this Brilliant. if you can manage to get 60 minutes hey we're, we're all dream uh, you can do this but what i also say is if you don't if you if it, that's never going to be a reality for you to get 60 minutes you can break that task down into just 20 minutes like set a timer on your yeah. phone and just do it for 20 wow. minutes you know so um so i'm really enjoying creating on there um i do i do love instagram but i, I get frustrated with it i think as i think we all do so i'm enjoying kind of having the creative freedom on substack and not worrying about my people not seeing my stuff that i've put loads of time and effort into so that's really good and then in terms of like working together um my web address is adventureswithflowers.com where all my programs are in true adhd style i have a lot to choose from so if you look on there and you're like oh there's so much i don't know what's going to help ping me a message because i'll quite happily like work it out with you um but something i'm I'm literally just launching today actually is called a garden inspiration session oh my god the idea of this is people take like photos of their garden they might do like a really basic sketch and they'll say I really want to add some color to this border but you know I don't know where to start or like in your case I really want to grow some cut flowers but like I did it this year it worked really well but I only had like bunches in kind of July onwards and I'd quite like something in like April May what else could I plant yeah so it's, it's kind of that sort of thing so it's kind of like a I need help with this particular thing but I'm just really overwhelmed and I don't know where to start. So I'm kind of viewing that as a bit of a kickstart. So it, it's kind of like you, you'll end up at the end with like a planting plan of like, you know, what plants to go to the garden center and buy. And you'll also have like an action step by step, right? Do this first, then do that. Then, you know, so it will be really simple and easy for people to follow. So they can't get overwhelmed because, you know, I think the big thing is like you said, the overwhelm and people that are seasoned gardeners, feel the overwhelm you know people that garden and love gardening and know what they're doing in the garden and have gardened for years they still feel it so it's not really a surprise that people that are brand new maybe maybe it's just it feels like you shouldn't feel overwhelmed and so yeah but because you're like to know that others are still overwhelmed by that and and I think when you're going to do something to feel better and then you go out there and you feel overwhelmed you're like well this is shit Yes, exactly. And then you give it up and you walk away (laughs) and you don't get all the benefits. So so I really want to try and take that away. I really, you know, for me, I'm all about just more people getting in their garden. And and I and I like I said, I do that in varying different ways with the with the mindful gardening activities. Just drop into your inbox. Great. I could just get on and do them. Or something a bit more involved where it's like, right, I I want a step by step plan to to how I'm gonna add some colour to this border, for example. So So people really have no excuse. You are there to hold their hand to help them really uncover that gardening isn't about gardening. Gardening is about so much more than gardening. It's about patience, it's about reward, it's about satisfaction, it's about courage, it's about bravery, it's about comfort zones it's about mindfulness it's so much more than just gardening and I think you've really given us a beautiful insight as to what that can look and feel like so Kendall thank you so much we'll make sure all of those links are in the show notes so that people can effortlessly reach out and follow you thank you so much (laughs) thank you it's been lovely to talk to you and uh, yeah happy gardening everybody (laughs) 
Well, how good was that? I don't know about you, but I am itching to get out there now. I'm already starting to think, what other kind of cosmos can I grow this year? It was just white ones this year, but they really have brought me lots of joy. Those three tips that Kendall shared were so useful, weren't they? I'm going to focus on one particular patch of my garden and see how I go from there. I hope you enjoyed this. Let me know what your thoughts were, what it's inspired in you. I always like to hear from you. Until next time, take good care. If you enjoyed this podcast from Inside the Hive by Quiet the Hive, then please leave us a five-star rating or drop us any comments in the box below. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Any comments or ratings you give us all help other people who would benefit from the content to find us. Thanks so much. Thank you.